Hey, there's no hugging, no learning. It's a show about one thing. Watching Seinfeld for the, for the first time. time. <laughs> yeah. That sounds right. Okay. This is our first official episode, <laughs> our pilot episode, talking about the Seinfeld pilot, the Seinfeld Chronicles, which aired July 5th, 1989. And how old were you July 5th, 1989, Ted? Uh, I was negative two and a half years old. <laughs> I had just turned eight. I had just turned eight earlier that week on July 1st. Uh, and so let's dive right in. What stuck out to you, Ted, as far as seeing... This is your first Seinfeld episode. You're having the same experience that 15... Point four million Americans had that Wednesday night on July 5th, and that's mind-blowing to me. That This is the, f- the first Seinfeld episode you're seeing is the first Seinfeld episode. So what do you think? Uh, well, first thing I notice, I, I mean, it, it opens up. Uh, Jerry is on stage doing a stand-up bit, talking about how much going out sucks. Yeah. And that that's a timeless bit. Yeah. I, everyone's like, oh, wow, yeah, I really want to go out. Yeah. And then as soon as you're out, like, oh, yeah, I really want to go back home. Right. Like, ah, ha, ha. <laughs> ah, yes, classic. <laughs> But it was, I mean, it was. Uh, yeah. You know. But watching watching his first bit of stand-up, yeah. first thing I thought it was like, this is going to be a long episode, isn't it? <laughs> maybe maybe because I am I am still kind of young, and Jerry Seinfeld's comedy from 1989 just doesn't really do much for me. Mm-hmm. So I was just thinking like, okay, I, I don't want to get used to this. <laughs> but wait, don't you... <laughs> I, st- I think I think that is kind of a timeless bit because, especially for millennials, we're hearing they're going out less and less. They'd rather just stay in, and the bars and clubs don't really do it for them. I can vouch for that. Okay, so I mean, so didn't you identify with that? Like, oh god, you know, like we're all out, we're all out. What are we doing out? We got to get back, you know. Yeah, I, I do, I do identify with that a little bit, but it's just, I, I don't know. Maybe it's just his delivery. Yeah. And that's the very Velvet Underground thing about this is Seinfeld was the king of that. I mean, they give him all the credit for observational humor, finding the minutia of mm-hmm. everyday life and putting words on things that we all feel. You know, like, God, that, I never thought of that that way before, but you're yeah. right. Yeah. So, I, I mean, like we or like I said in the intro, maybe it's just the thing of me uh, seeing like all these shows and all these movies trying to lampoon Seinfeld yeah, over the yeah. years, but without ever seeing Seinfeld, yeah. I just kind of had that impression of, oh yeah, this is just a normal thing for shows and movies to do, but all this time, they're just uh, taking a stab at this one show I've never seen. Yeah, but yeah. now that I'm seeing the show that they're all trying to go after, it's like, oh, okay, this bit again. You saw the people who were influenced by it first. Exactly. I mean, even like, yeah. you know, I mean, it, the, just taking the show out of it, stand-ups wanted to emulate and impersonate Seinfeld and do that, what's the deal with airline food or yeah. whatever, you know, yeah. like, before that became a trope, <laughs> it was a new yeah. way of doing what, comedy that no what, one had ever done what's before. What's the deal with the razor blade slot in the airplane bathroom? Yeah, Are yeah. people really shaving in there? That's funny. You never yeah. consider it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but then but then everyone came along and wanted to do, what's the, like, you thought by saying, what's the deal? What's you know? the deal? It's like, going back to another like trope like what do you think Mr. T would sound like if he was on a podcast I think it'd go a little oh, something no. like this you know what I mean so yeah, yeah, that, yeah. But, but but someone did that first and it blew people's <laughs> minds you know and then it became diluted and, and stuff like that so you're looking at it through the eye of like oh god everyone does this now but yeah. no one did that back then That's you know true. but in the first minute something stuck out to me that you can't even say today like it, it didn't make any sense and w- did that stick out to you uh i don't know let me read what it is I don't right know what away 
People can't find us because we're out. They're calling our houses. They don't know where we are. Where is he? I guess he's out. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense today. Everyone is connected all the time. Either True. like, God, I can't get a hold of Ted. I gave him a call and I texted. Yeah. He didn't I, text I, back. I, I gave him a call on his landline. Yeah, yeah. But today it's like, uh, well, even if even if you don't pick up your phone or you're not responding to text, well, let me check his Instagram yeah. or Facebook. Wh- when's, uh, when's the last time as a first method of trying yeah. to contact somebody, yeah. you called them? <laughs> Exactly. No. All right. Well, no. let me let me see what Ted's doing tonight. It, boop, 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 yeah. Boop. yeah. <laughs> you, you text them. Yeah. If they don't respond to you in like I don't know 10, 15 yep. minutes, yeah. then I'll call them. You're right. But other than that, like if they're not getting back to me, oh, they're busy. And then, and then if, I don't follow up. And then if they don't, well, I mean, what if like, well, I know, uh, I know he said he was doing something tonight, and it was one. Let me check his Instagram feed and see if he posted something, you know. And then oh, that he checked in uh, downtown. Now, I'll go downtown and see if I can find him or something like that, you know? I won't even go that far. Yeah, I probably wouldn't either, but it is an option. If <laughs> yeah, you wanted true. to know where Ted was, and even if you're not going to go downtown and find him, you're like, oh, he was yeah. working tonight. I see. He checked in here. So, uh, yeah, it's just it, it, right away. And that's like a minute into the first pilot where something happens that like just doesn't translate to modern day. You know what I mean? Well, they must be out. And it's if you took that part out, the bit still works. Yeah, you know what right. I mean? The bit still works 100%. But you're going to find Ted in Seinfeld phones and answering machines and pay phones and trying to get a hold of people it plays such a huge role in so many plot lines it's going to stick out to people from here on out i think and to you trying to get a hold of people and trying to find information that is we take for granted today with everyone having smartphones it's going to pop up so often and it's going to stick out they're like well you couldn't do this is a whole plot line that's gone you know what i mean yeah and, and it, 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 it doesn't even, happen it even pops up a few more times in this episode what, just phones or, or other? Uh, just like things that aren't. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, relevant anymore. That's what I'm excited to see. That's what I'm excited to see. Uh, the other thing that stuck out to me right away was Jerry's <laughs> super 90s stage outfit. Giant shirt, <laughs> giant blazer. Everything is giant on him. Nothing is tailored. It's like oh. you just go in off the rack. Extra large, thank you. Ah, yes. That's what this was, is my style. That's what I was wearing in 1989, though. I mean, as an eight-year-old kid, <laughs> I wanted I wanted extra large shirts. I'm, I don't know why. I'm trying to picture eight-year-old Tim Murphy <laughs> wearing like a men's size large dress shirt. I still wear shirts to this day, and I'm arguably bigger. Like I wear like there's a they might be giants tour shirt that I would wear to school <laughs> that was an extra large and it was an oversized extra large that oh, I now, no. that I now wear like as loungewear and I'm like God I wore this to school yeah I must have looked like such an idiot but did you like when your parents were buying you clothes and stuff like that when did you start wearing fitted like we're both what are we both mediums yeah okay yeah. when did you start actually wearing fitted clothes or were you were you always doing that uh, I started wearing like skinny fit mediums yeah. uh, probably when I hit like tenth grade in high school good for you yeah good for you I probably when I was a I was still buying going to concerts and buying extra large tour shirts when I was in college yeah yeah no I I think um I, I never bought myself anyway oversized shirts yeah. or pants because I that was always like one pet peeve I always yeah. had I'm like I don't want anything to be really big yeah and also I had I I, I guess the uh I don't know what you want to call it, but my dad was also a size medium mm-hmm. in T-shirts. Mm-hmm. So I thought like, oh, okay, yeah, whenever I get big and strong, I'm going to be the same size as my dad. Yeah, yeah. And then <laughs> I remember one day uh, we literally got the exact same shirt, the exact yeah. same T-shirt. He got a size medium. I got an adult size medium. It fit him. It hung off of me like yeah, uh, like we were like... <laughs> I don't know, trying to hide something yeah, in a yeah. giant-sized bag. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm glad you bring up the fact that you're, that's the way you're, your dad dressed with fitted, 
he never wore oversized stuff. Is that what you're saying? I, I mean, not intentionally. He's he's a scrawny dude. Yeah, but he a size medium isn't really fitted on him. Because I remember now, like that may be where it came from for me. Like when my dad bought me a T-shirt, like oh, he's in eighth grade, he's ready for extra large. <laughs> yeah, really. Like so that may be where it came from because I remember <laughs> when I was in when I got to college, and that's when I met friends who like. I don't know why, you know, I was like, oh, look how their shirts fit, and that looks good. So I started buying large, I started buying large t-shirts, and mm-hmm. then I started buying medium t-shirts, and I was like, ah, this does feel right. Yeah. You know, I had, to, I, had to, I had to evolve or devolve my shirt size, and, but then I bought my dad a, a George Mason shirt, and I bought him a large, and it fit him great. But then when he put it on, he was like, oh, you know, most of the time I wear an extra large. Uh, so, you know, if you ever want to, you know. And I'm like, that must be. It only just now clicked in my yeah. head when you said this thing about your dad. I was like, that must have been where it clicked. I saw dad wearing these shirts, and so that's what I'm going to wear, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know if it was like um, <laughs> whenever I was growing up, he, him wearing a size medium, I think now yeah. I'm, I'm 6'2", 180. Yeah. That would be like me wearing a large. I can do it. Yeah. It's not my choice. Right. Yeah. But it is uh, baggy enough to be cozy, but not big oversized. enough to be oversized. Yeah. Not, not big enough for Seinfeld to wear on stage exactly. for a stand-up <laughs> show. Um, and so, so after the, the stand-up bit, which was kind of revolutionary at the time to have, you know, th- that being the intro, like introduce the themes of the of the show, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. that's what it did. It's like here's, it was like an overture, it, you know, like if you go see a, a movie or an opera or something like that, they play all the songs they're going to play in the first like three or four minutes, and then you get to hear the long version. So mm-hmm. it was, it was kind of interesting at the time that they that they did that. And uh, so we're in the interior of a coffee shop, which as a fan looks disturbing. There are two locations basically in Seinfeld: the coffee shop and his apartment, where they spend most of the time. Those look so different in this pilot episode. It's jarring. I was like, this is... Really? They're sitting at a table. It's all <laughs> wrong. It was so... It was difficult to watch as a I, Seinfeld fan. I wonder uh, how much time passed between filming this pilot yeah. and filming like the rest of the first season. Yeah, yeah. Because obviously it would have been picked up for a first season. Or, well, I think there's only five episodes in the first season. Yeah, I think so that's right. So it, it yeah. would have been picked right. up for half a season at yeah. the time. Uh, I don't know, probably four or five, maybe even six months after this pilot has been filmed. Yeah. So and I think they threw the pilot on. Would have been changed. I think something had been canceled, or there was already a show. Like there was already a stand-up. I think it was a woman, a stand-up comic whose show was her name, and that didn't work out. And then so they were like, oh, we'll throw this on, you know, mid-season replacement, a summer replacement show. It was July 5th, you know. It's like uh, Americans aren't watching yeah. TV that night. I mean, a ton of them did tune in, amazingly enough. But, um, you know, it, it was it got solid ratings, as I already yeah. mentioned. But do you, do you remember anything of what, like, the ad push would have been for this first episode? No, no, because it was, like, a, a special. It wasn't even broadcast as, like, here's a new show we're going to try out as evidence really? by... Yeah, as as evidenced by when the next episode came out, they, it was almost a year later, you know. So they were was like, "Was it really?" Yeah, yeah. It was oh May of nineteen ninety, I think. Yeah. Jeez. So it was like, here's a fun, here's a stand up comic, and this is his. It was basically his. They wanted him to do like an hour long special or something uh-huh. like that, and they're like, "Well, let's do this instead, and we'll do some stand." So it was like a comedy special, you know. Oh, it was like the man. Seinfeld Chronicles. <laughs> um, if, if this was what I saw for the first like like first episode, yeah, and I'm working at. Uh, what, what network is this? NBC. NBC. Yeah. And I'm working at NBC. I probably wouldn't have picked this up yeah. for a series. 
Especially 11 months later? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, it was... No one remembers something from 11 months ago that happened on TV? No, no, yeah. Like, we didn't know... We didn't get to know these characters in half yeah. an hour. Uh, I mean, you're you're a big fan of The Bachelor. Yeah. Do you remember what happened on The Bachelor 11 <laughs> months ago? No. Or The Bachelorette? No, I, no, I can't tell Exactly. You. <laughs> yeah. Well, would you give, like, one minuscule character from The Bachelor or Bachelorette 11 months ago their own primetime series on... NBC or ABC or anything? Probably that. Uh, probably not, but that's a bad example because it's a reality show, so they do pull from true. these people who need that's money true. and they need six <laughs> months in an island somewhere. But um, yeah, we didn't get to know these characters well enough for like later on. So maybe yeah. they showed, I don't know if they re-showed the Seinfeld Chronicles and then the, the first official episode You know, after that. Um, but the guy who ran NBC did not like this show at the time. He was like, it's too New York and it's too Jewish. And he was Jewish. And he was like, he, it, was, it was his own, I, I was reading about this, it was kind of his own Jewishness that made him not want to put this on on TV because he felt like oh yeah, middle the guy America. The network, yeah, the, the head of the network. Oh, okay, um, he was like, you know, he was like, nobody wants to see four New Yorkers being all nebbishy around New York. I mean, that's yeah. just not relatable. When it, in fact, it was the most relatable thing because they got to the, you know, they broke down all those class, city, cultural you know, uh, uh, conventions yeah. and they got down to what everybody experiences, which is abso- was absolutely crazy. And I think later on he was like, yeah, it was a mistake. And I was letting my own, uh, prejudices against, you know, not wanting to put too many Jewish characters on the show because they're like, Oh, there's, here's the Jewish network guy putting all the Jewish people on TV or whatever. Yeah, but exactly. I mean, I didn't even like, as a kid growing up in Virginia, I didn't notice, I didn't know what was Jewish. You know, I mean, that yeah. never comes up in the show that every so often they'll reference something like a holiday or something like that. But they don't go to temple. I mean, every like there are yarmulkes. It, it just didn't stick out to me, yeah. you know, as a middle American. And so you can understand maybe where he was coming from, like things stick out to you that aren't going to stick out to other people. And you think like, oh, God, everyone notices this. But they don't. You know, yeah, like, I really. didn't I couldn't tell from this episode that anybody was Jewish. You know? Yeah, I I don't. I don't think I picked up on that either. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, unless Seinfeld. But again, I wasn't even... That's not even how I thought of names at that point, you know? Yeah, really? Yeah. I mean, certainly not as an eight-year-old, but even as an older kid. Yeah. Uh, there is something I wanted to touch on before we yeah. move on to a different scene. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the shot opens up. Three cameras. There's a wide shot. There's a shot on Jerry and yeah. a shot on George. Uh, the shot on George like will occasionally move to the waitress. Yeah. But... The close-up shots are so clear yeah. for being filmed in 1989. I know. I don't know if that comes from like being remastered, right. possibly. But that wide shot, and this is a thing through the entire episode, these wide shots are awful. I noticed that, too. They look like yeah. they were filmed on a Motorola Razor. Yeah, yeah. Those are great. And then the, the other ones, I'm getting the VHS effect. I'm getting the effect of, like, it looks too real. You know, it looks like I can... It's, it's for being an H... I don't know whether they were shooting on film. Maybe there was one... I don't know if they. I don't know what digital <laughs> capability did, did, they had. Did at they that take point. the the Tommy Wiseau uh, lesson and film on digital and film and film? Yeah, maybe they <laughs> maybe they were filming some on VHS, like some on tape or beta or whatever they use at the time. Maybe know. some on beta and some on like, film, it, and the film just looks better. It's just so weird yeah. how close up it's so clear. You take a wide shot and you get two to three characters in yeah. one shot. It looks so bad. Yeah, I don't know why. With this coffee shop scene, it's very sitcommy. This to me is the most sitcommy. A lot of it is, you know, we we talked in the intro episode about how they had to kind of find their footing, and there are things that they do that are um, that are reminiscent of early '80s sitcoms because they obviously had to be. It was just the nature of the beast. Like this is what a TV show is, and before they could break the mold, mm-hmm. they had to sort of be part of, be the mold. You know what I mean? And so some of the jokes are like some of those. It's it's oddly slow paced, very slow paced. There are weird pauses in the show, like. 
I, they really found their conversational footing that became sort of the jokey hallmark of Seinfeld. Like, oh, she's a tickler. Are you not a stickler for a tickler? I, I forget whose joke that is. I, I think it's like a, a joke about Seinfeld. She's a tickler. I'm not a stickler for a tickler. Not a stickler. You know, oh, um, and that like, the, so that's like the, the joke about the trope. But they got very good at that sort of like yeah. snappy dialogue. There's no snappy dialogue in all this except those dumb jokes about like George says, uh, I forget the waitress's name even. You're a woman, right? And she's as far as I know, or something like that. It's That's a stupid joke that does not belong in the world of Seinfeld. Yeah. That's a sitcom joke. Yeah. I, we just watched this like two hours yeah, ago, yeah. and I can't even remember. Was there a laugh track? Yes. Was, yeah. there, was it a, a laugh track, track or is it a live audience? Well, do you remember? That Do you have any I don't idea? know. It doesn't say Seinfeld is filmed before a live studio audience. It doesn't. So I have no idea so whether it might be a they. Laugh track. It might be a laugh track, which yeah. it, which existed. Are, are you a woman? As far as I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it's just that stuff caught to me is so non Seinfeldian because it's just so sitcommy. Yeah. And there there are a couple of those jokes that popped up uh, the rest of the way through. Did you think it was 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 slowly paced or did you like the pace of the conversation i like the pace of the conversation it seemed realistic yeah 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 i guess i guess realistic is but realistic you know it it almost doesn't play you know on tv it's like true seinfeld's just sort of sitting there and react like literally reacting to what george says as you would like well let me sit here and let that marinate for five seconds that's a long time in tv time five seconds you know so when he does that part of me is wondering if like he was just becoming comfortable with acting because he was working with a a very seasoned actor at the time jason alexander yeah. yeah and he hadn't done any of that you know they were throwing him it was baptism by fire i think yes what for seinfeld uh seinfeld is just coming off of solely doing stand-up right 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 i okay. don't think he'd done any movies or anything like that you know um and so this was this was his first foray into acting and and he's acting with you know yeah, so jason maybe he's alexander. just trying to kind of uh kind of mimic the mannerisms he's seeing that jason alexander yeah. is doing and i mean even in the next scene we'll get to it in a second you see uh jason alexander is like taking a beat he's moving around yeah. the stage he's yeah. interacting with the extras, with the extras. Yeah, and yeah. seinfeld is literally just <laughs> Sitting there. Yeah, yeah. It was that, <laughs> that's it. That's that, that that didn't stick out to me at the time, but that's a great observation about uh, the way he moved around the laundromat. Yeah. It's like the first thing he does, Jerry Seinfeld. Uh, um, they're talking about the laundry or something, but then, but then Jerry goes back to reference this woman that's coming to town, and he said, "Oh my gosh, she, uh, you know." That she doesn't want to hang out with you. She doesn't mm. want to see you. And he's like, "Yeah." But he didn't even hear the tone of the call. He's like, <laughs> "Oh yeah." The, the whole crux of the episode, which yeah. we kind of just glanced I know, over. I know. The, that <laughs> a woman is coming to town that he met in Lansing, Michigan. And called him and said, oh, I'm coming into town for a seminar. Um, you know, maybe we can meet up. And George is like, she doesn't want to talk to you. Did she give you her number? Did she tell you where she's staying? And he's like, well, I guess you're right. I miss her. But then in the, later on in the laundromat, he goes, um, uh, uh, you know, but you didn't even hear the tone. And George gets like, this is the most theatrical thing he does. Maybe in the whole, he gets down on his knees yeah. and goes, yeah. you, why we just talked about this? It's like, he's playing to the back row. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh my God. It was like... <laughs> It was absolutely incredible. Oh my God. <laughs> but, like, as soon as he did that, I, I just felt like, oh, same. Like, I, I know exactly where this is going. And, like, I can tell that already George is kind of, at least in this episode, yeah. George is the voice of reason. Uh, yeah, is, is yeah. That, does um, that play out? Does that pan out? To me, that would be... Each character is the voice of reason for the other characters. I'm sure you could do like a, um, you know, so when George is going through something, he can't figure it out. 
but Jerry's the one that tells him what's going on. Okay. You know what I mean? And 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 vice and the same thing with Elaine, for who we don't even meet in this episode. That's crazy to me. There's a woman character, Elaine. Do you yeah. know about her? <laughs> I mean, I know who she you know is. That she, you know that there I, are four I, main I, players. I know, I know that she exists. Yeah, she's and, nowhere to be seen in the pilot. Nowhere in the pilot, which is interesting. Yeah, but, um, uh, but yeah, like as soon as he does that, and he's like, "No, why do we have to keep talking about this?" I, I'd still rather talk about that than how many laundry products the guy next to you has in his basket. That was a weird it joke was, that could have been removed. Like, look, yeah. he's got everything. He's got the fabric he, software. He, he's got <laughs> he's got detergent. He he's got he's got dryer sheets. It never goes anywhere. No, what's what the point of and it? And it's not it's it's funny as a premise, but then it never goes anywhere. Maybe they cut some of the screen. You know, maybe the script was too long, and they're like, well, we'll keep that. That's kind of funny, and then we'll just go on to the other thing. True. It never goes anywhere. Yeah, true. <laughs> That's like the beginning of a good conversation, and in, in the world of Seinfeld. <laughs> But it's like, oh, do you use the, you know, they, they would talk in minutiae about each thing. Like, what do you think of all? What is, what, what why is, why is it all? Why is it not none or whatever? <laughs> you know, yeah. just something well, tough. Why like are you that. using gain? What do you have to use? Yeah. What, do you, what, do you have what do you have to gain have from to using gain, gain detergent? Yeah. They would have done that for 90 minutes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> also, one thing that really stuck out to me in this scene, has George never done laundry before? Why do you think that? Because he's completely clueless yeah. as to what to do. That's he's, true. I'm assuming a uh, 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 turning 30 or a mid 30 right, year old right. man. Right, right. I wonder, yeah. In New York City, I'm guessing living alone because he's not like with a, a girlfriend or a wife. It's not established or, at this point, yeah, but it, it's not established yeah. like if they're if they're married, if they're dating anybody, yeah. but you're living in New York. You're possibly living alone. Do you not know how to do your own laundry? Yeah, do do laundry in the laundromat. Cuz Jerry has to explain to him, "Hey, no, the clothes are still wet. You yeah. can't just take them out. <laughs> but here's one thing I disagree with sign with Jerry on, who's is maybe supposedly the laundry expert. You can overdry. Just ask some of my favorite T-shirts that I've shrunk <laughs> in the. Dry. You can overdry. I mean, do you agree with that? Uh, yeah. Especially in a horrible laundromat laundry where like yeah, you know i've i've been in some bad laundromats yeah. where like instead of just drying yeah. my clothes, I feel like they're getting baked. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, there's one setting. It's 900 degrees. You don't get to choose low heat or <laughs> yeah, high really. heat or fluff or cool down. Yeah. It's well, 900 degrees and, and for has, 90 minutes. Yeah, and it has to tumble the entire yeah. time because the door locks. Yeah, don't Ugh. tell me that you, you can't over dry. I, I just couldn't believe what I was hearing. I've lost several of my favorite t-shirts because I take them out and I'm like, oh, the dryer's still going. And yeah. and they're, they've, they're gone. Yeah. They're shrunk. And then, of course, this is all followed up by... The best material for a stand-up scene talking about doing your laundry. Yeah, yeah. Is that so that's what, that's the next little stand-up bit? That's the next stand-up bit. And at this point, this is the second bit of stand-up that we see from Jerry. Yeah. And I'm like, oh man, how been, many bits is this gonna be? It must have been bad because I couldn't tell you one joke from the from the laundry bit. Uh he talks about uh your clothes trying to escape. Yeah. When it, because oh, yeah, because lo- right. laundry day is the most exciting day for your clothes. Because whenever you do your laundry, <laughs> it's like the socks are trying to escape. You reach in, you try to grab all your clothes, and the socks are clinging to the wall. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, gonna we're going to make it. a break for it. Yeah. I'm like, that and... Uh, but the nightclub segment was funny. The fact that it's the nightclub, it's, you know, there's <laughs> bubbles, and it's dark, and everyone's dancing together. And then you open the door, they all stop. Yeah, I thought that's that, true. that was kind of funny. That, 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 that was, was kind of funny. That was good. But then he gets into, like, the... the extra line that I feel was just 
added, and it's another thing that could easily have been cut. He's like, I'm starting to see ads on my TV about laundry detergent that says that it can get blood stains yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, Like, that seems like your bigger problem. Blood? Yeah, yeah, before you do your laundry, you might want to take the harpoon out of your chest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That is true. That is true. I feel like that, I feel like that joke wasn't perfected. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Especially... Uh, to be included as a bit in a sitcom. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm guessing he performed these in front of a live crowd, like a, a whole set, knowing that bits of this would have been See, I included. Think, I think that's the, the the comedy club bits are a set with extras and actors in there. You think so? I, I think so, yeah. I, and I think as, as the series progresses, I think it's going to become... I, I don't think these were... But they were his actual... This was his actual set. Okay. You know, so they would take his set and they would write a show around it. Like, all right, well, where'd you... That was the whole idea of the show. Where does a comedian get his ideas? Well, that makes it stick out even more then. Because it wasn't taken from a larger set. It was right. a line that was written for the sitcom. Well, it was, a, it was a line that was written for his set that they used in the sitcom. True, but, like, why would you include the line about detergent about that can blood? get blood stains yeah. out? That doesn't play into... I mean... The fact that, oh, yeah, it's about laundry. Let's include everything that's about laundry because yeah, we just saw them stuff. in a laundry mat. Yeah, yeah. But, like, just talk about the nightclub scene with your laundry. Right. Like, that would be fine. Yeah. You don't need that extra 15 seconds talking about detergent. The episode is long enough already. It was, like, 26 minutes. Yeah. Oh, it was. Okay. Yeah. Well, God, that's crazy. Wow. Yeah. Or maybe maybe that was just because uh, I watched it with commercials. Oh, yeah, yeah, with the little ads with, Yeah, there. with the yeah. ad break. So I don't know if it was, like, 21, 22. Yeah, yeah. Uh, probably at that point in in the world of TV, it was probably like 24. Like nowadays, we're used to a half hour show being 21, 22. Yeah. Because they try to cram more ads in there. Back then, in 1989, it was probably 24 is not far off. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, 24 minutes. So maybe it was maybe it was filler or something like that. Um, but uh, then, but in that, it must have been in that segment. There's a shot of Jerry from behind. Uh, in, during the comedy segment. Oh yeah, that was so weird. That was weird. Do they do that again? No, that, they, they that never. Was... They never do the the over the shoulder shot again. No, again, that was very jarring. And the comedy club itself doesn't look like the comedy club does. I don't know about the second episode, but they stopped using that particular set and they redressed it. And it Did looks they? yeah, it Good. looks a lot better later on. And because why would you show them from behind and there's like ten extras there? Yeah, you know, really. Like, there's not many people there. You know, <laughs> it's like hey, here's this schlub standing <laughs> yeah, up, yeah, exactly. standing up in front of like his coworkers. Yeah, that were, they were obviously given $10 and a hot dog to be here. Yeah, to laugh and pretend like they were yeah. clapping and stuff like yeah. that, and then we'll add something in later. Um, and <laughs> uh, so what, what, what's the next thing that stuck out to you? Uh, next thing uh, is they go back to his apartment. Yeah. And that looks weird to me. It, it's a very jarring thing. That's yeah. an odd-looking apartment. Yeah. And it, uh, this is the next thing that really sticks out to me, this exact quote. Yeah. Uh, I, I guess it's 1 a.m., right. and Jerry is getting a phone call, yeah. and he says, quote, if you know what happened in the Met game, don't say anything. I taped it. Hello? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I, okay, landline phone. Yeah. Answering it at 1 a.m., obviously. In New York, no. Yeah. No, I I hardly answer my phone as it is. Right, if right. 1 a, if it's 1 a.m. on my landline in New York City, already, no. But I would but think that, that would mean it's important. But that's my point of view now. Yeah, yeah. No yes. one answers their phone now. Even no. going back to what we were talking about yeah. with like, well, he's out. Yeah. No one if, answers their if, phone. If I was a 20-something, if I was myself in 1989 living yeah. in New York and yeah. my phone rings at 1 a.m., sure, I'll answer it. Because that's the only line of communication you have to the outside world. Exactly. It must be somebody you know. Exactly, but... In 2018, yeah. it sticks out to me because, obviously, one, landline. Two, I taped the Met yeah, game. Yeah, I know. 
I, rem- <laughs> I remember the days of like, well, I'm going to be gone when my favorite show is on, or I want to watch Saturday Night Live, but I'm, I'm not allowed to stay up. Yeah. And exactly. having to set the VCR timer to record starting at this point, ending at this point, making sure it was on the the speed where it wasn't going to eat up an entire tape with mm-hmm. one show. Because, you know, you could tape, you could decide, well, maybe you don't know. If you, like, I think it was... LP, EP, and SP, let's yeah. say. Yeah, what, what, oh, what's the slowest speed we can have on the tape? Long. Right, right, yeah. Yeah. And then, so if you recorded on SP, it would be super high quality, <laughs> as high quality as we got at the time, but it would use up the whole tape, and then yeah, EP exactly. was back, and then you'd back up to LP. And so, like, setting the VCR to record at a certain time, like, oh, 11.35 uh, a.m. or p.m., you know, and then end at 1.05, uh, that's going to be a.m., you know, setting the VCR to record something was an ordeal. Like, I, I oh, can't, yeah. I wish I knew the last thing I did, I did that with, you know. The last thing, the last thing taped. I had to set a timer oh, on. Oh you know? man! Because yeah. I would remember, I would if my parents, if we were going out on a Friday night and I wanted to tape TGIF or something, I would do it before we left for whatever we were doing. I don't know. You know, I I was still having my grandma tape things for me. Yeah, a- as old as like I don't know, probably twelve or thirteen years old. Yeah, because uh, we hadn't gotten a DVR at this point. Yeah, so if I miss something, I miss something. Right, right. Yeah, so then we got a DVR. And I was. Did you get like a TiVo? No, it oh, was, okay. it was a DVR through Dish Network. Oh, okay. Uh, but we learned how to use it, and uh, my grandma taping things for me just kind of fell yeah. to the wayside. Yeah, yeah. And then she was like still taping like Judge Judy and The Price Is Right and her soaps in the midday. Yeah. And then it wasn't even until like two years ago that they got their DVR. They uh-huh. were still taping things until like 2015, 2016. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's crazy. Um, but th- this whole thing of like Jerry taping sporting events is going to pop up again. I seem to remember somewhere along the lines, okay. and it's weird to me. Like, th- obviously, an early idea for the character of Jerry Seinfeld was to make him the world's biggest Mets fan because he's got Mets posters. There's like, it's I think true. I saw like a New York yeah. Mets mug in his kitchen. Oh. Like, obviously, that was going to be a big part of his identity that yeah. did not play he, he, out. Yeah, later he's got on. like the poster of like the entire like starting lineup of the New York Mets. Like, I had like, right next to his door. I had baseball like players a on my wall. Year old. Yeah, I was going to say I had baseball <laughs> players on my wall when I was. 14 yes but where is jerry's bedroom do you think he sleeps in that main room no i think uh because whenever we'll get to this in a second uh but in one of the next scenes they're kind of gesturing that his bedroom is uh if you are standing where the camera is pointing it would be behind you ah i see which also i i made a note of this this is the first time that we see his apartment and as they're walking around a little bit, and you'll see it a little more later in the episode, this is so much more realistic of a New York City apartment because it's yeah. a, a living room, a kitchen, a bathroom, and a bedroom all cramped and tight together. Oh, yeah. It's so much more realistic than Friends. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or, or basically anything that takes yeah. place in New York. Yeah, because yeah. my fiance is watching through all of Friends right now, yeah. and their apartment is huge. I know, yeah. They have a huge living room, three bedrooms, a kitchen, a, a bathroom, yeah. and a huge balcony. And there's two people living there. Neither <laughs> of them have, like, great paying yeah, yeah. jobs. Yeah. This rent has got to be, like, three... I don't know. Well, this is not a Friends cast, but maybe this has already popped up in your rewatch if you're rewatching it. Uh, but um, the apartment is rent controlled in Friends. Monica's grandmother. Uh, oh, re- okay. yeah, yeah. So the fact that uh, there, it comes up later that they think she still lives there and they're still paying the rock bottom rent. That okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, no, I, I didn't know that. Probably there was enough of an outcry. People like going, "Come on!" That they introduced that whole rent controlled thing, maybe. but it doesn't explain Joey and Chandler. Chandler's got a good job though. That's true. Chandler's got a good yeah. job. So yeah. he's supporting Joey. We know that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but anyway. Um, oh, here's where I think Jerry's bedroom is, because I don't want to spoil it for you, which is an interesting thing that they didn't really 
explore, I think, to the extent like spoilers being a thing, you know, like Jerry, the jury had the game spoiled for him. I feel like spoilers mm-hmm. was is, is become more of a thing in the Internet age now where it's like he said, I've avoided all human contact. So I didn't find out the end of the Mets game. Today, that means staying off Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and not you looking at your cell phone. You literally have to turn your Wi-Fi off. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so I feel like they didn't explore, explore spoilers, and they probably didn't have time. I feel like they didn't explore. Well, I don't think it was a thing. Yeah, they, yeah. They, they, it was they just made it for a sports, thing really. before it was a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they didn't even say spoilers, but I feel like they could have they yeah. explored that a little bit more. Yeah. Which, at this point, intro, Kramer, first time we've seen him in the entire like show. Yeah, first yeah, time yeah. he's been acknowledged. Yeah. Uh, First thing we hear from him, boy, the Mets blew it tonight, huh? Yeah. And Jerry's like, oh. Why didn't he? Yeah, and he slumps down onto the floor, yeah. which is a very, you know, a very broad thing to do. <laughs> but um, why? It, it, it was 1 o'clock in the morning. Why didn't Kramer know that Jerry was watching the game for the first time? I feel like you could have known, like, oh, the Mets game? Why are you watching that? It's 1 a.m. Like, oh, I taped it. I hope you don't say, oh, yes, thank you. You know, well, I mean, it's is, not funny. Is but he it doesn't... watching it at the, like, at the point when Kramer walks in, and then Kramer tells him the end of it, because if so, that's just a total dick move. Well, yeah, well I, yes, <laughs> like, yes, that's what happened. Like, yeah. you, you, like you're watching The Sixth Sense, and you're 25 minutes into it, yeah. and you're like, "Oh man, I can't believe he was dead the whole time." Yeah, and I'm like, "Why would you do that?" Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. If I saw someone watching The Sixth Sense right now, I'd go. I mean, can you believe that twist ending that no one saw coming about Bruce Willis being dead? And then they'd be like, this is the first time I'm watching it. I'm like, this is the first time you're watching The Sixth Sense? At 1 a.m. on a Saturday night or whatever, you know? I thought you were just, like, I'd say, oh, do you remember the first time that you saw this movie and you found out Bruce Willis was dead? Yeah. I, that's, I'd see, say something like see, that. I wouldn't say that. I'd be like, you're watching The Sixth Sense? Yeah. Like, have you ever seen this before? Yeah. I, I'd probably say something yeah. like that instead of leading with the spoiler. Yeah, but because it, it's 1 a.m., he should have known that he was watching it. You know, he should have known that he was watching it for the first time, and this was this was spoiling it for him, you know. But uh, but he didn't, and he... so. Uh, but I don't know whether he was trying to be mean or not. I don't you know. I don't know. Yeah. I, it doesn't sound like, uh, at least from what I've seen of him, and that being one line. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it doesn't sound like Kramer is all there because he's wandering into his neighbor's apartment looking for meat for his sandwich at 1 a.m. At 1 a.m., you're right. Yeah, what? yeah. What? <laughs> that's, Why? That's our Kramer. You're gonna, that's, that's total Kramer right <laughs> like, there. It, just from that line and him spoiling the Mets game? Yeah. Why is Jerry friends with this dude? Because he lives across the hall and he hasn't left the building in 10 years. You know, <laughs> is, at this that, point. is that yeah. real? Well, like, no, I think that's an exaggeration. Okay. But he's sort of like, you know, he gives it to him. He's like, nah, true. But you know, he, I was going to go to that game. But he's he like, doesn't do like leaving the building, I'm guessing. It doesn't. Uh, okay. A lot of what happens with Kramer happens inside the building, I want to say. Now, going back, and, and that's just me having watched the show and, and going back and watching it, I may see he's out of the building more than he's in the building but True. you know his you know him living across the hall from Jerry is that's why they're friends you okay. know that's that's probably a very new york thing it's like that's gotcha. that's our neighbor you know or whatever <laughs> the um, old that neighbor oh that neighbor but uh Laura calls yeah. the the call that Jerry was expecting this whole time and she asks if it's okay that she stays with him yes and uh well, and actually, picks him up at the, get, pick, get, gets picked up at the airport and stays with him. Yeah, exactly. And she says uh, she couldn't find a decent hotel room. Yeah. Actually, I think I'm mixing scenes. I think because this is one where George is over. Well, no, he has to explain to apartment. him later like why he's going to pick her up and stuff like that. So that's at the point she does say oh, that's right, that's uh, that right. he's going to stay there. Yeah, and then, yeah. Like, couldn't find a decent hotel room. Yeah. Would it be terribly inconvenient if she stayed with him? Yeah, yeah. So, so obviously the game has changed. And now it's like, oh, well, she definitely wants to do something. And so... They go to meet her at the airport, and they go right up to the gate. Did that stick out to you? 
Yes, they're waiting at the but, gate. They're waiting also, at where people come in and out of planes. True. Uh, yeah, because I mean, you can't do that anymore. Yeah, you have yeah. to wait in the terminal. Have you ever been to an airport where, you, like, because obviously when I was flying, that's... to to wait for someone getting off a plane? Yeah, yeah, I have. Yeah. Oh, you have. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. 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 But I mean, not at because the gate. Okay, but yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Like, oh, okay, no, I've never been to the gate to wait on someone. Yeah, because yeah. you used to be able to do that. Like, you get to the airport, you yeah. park, well, you I go think, up to the gate, I and think then these. I think that security regulation came into effect after. This is totally pre 9 11. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So, like, post 9 11, you can't get to the gate yeah. unless you are going onto a plane or coming from a plane. Right, right. So, no, I mean, when 9-11 happened, I was in the third grade. I was eight years old. That's what I'm talking so about. So I had never been on a plane in my life. Yeah, yeah. Actually, the first time I was on a plane in my life was two months after 9-11, and my entire family went to Disney World. So, uh-huh. so this whole thing happened, and we have the plane tickets booked, and we're yeah. like, oh, no. Yeah. But so did that stick out to you, how close they were, where they were waiting for her? Is like, why are they at the gate? Or did, it, did you I, not notice it? It didn't really stick out because, I mean... There's so many like movies and TV shows where yeah. they have been waiting at the gate for someone because right, right. that that's the cinema thing. Yeah, you, you see them walking out of the tunnel off the plane. Yeah, like someone's holding a sign. They're like, "Oh, loving embrace." They're running yeah. up. They're like, "Oh, I missed you" or something. Nowadays, that yeah, scene has to happen at the bottom of an escalator. Yeah, you know? at the bottom of the escalator or outside the Cinnabon. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Right, baggage claim or something. Yeah, but exactly. right then, like they're right there at the gate waiting for her, which yeah. is crazy. Uh, and they do a little observational humor about uh, types of hugs and stuff like that and what a hug means, what a shake means. The hand sandwich. I thought that was a funny line. That's a very Seinfeld joke. You know, like, well, what about the shake where it's, hand, you know, you use both hands? Yeah, I mean. And he says, oh, the hand sandwich. I thought that was, I thought that didn't, <laughs> honestly didn't get the laugh it deserved. Yeah. That's the kind of joke that Seinfeld is, is going to be Seinfeld's bread and butter later on. Those play on words, I feel like. I don't know. Is it a pun? Was it a pun? I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, I was trying to. Uh, take something from what George was uh, saying, like his obvious. Now George is this uh, relationship e- expert, expert yeah. in relationships <laughs> and how someone comes up to you from landing on a plane. If she sits her bags down yeah. and she hugs you, that's a good sign. Yeah. So obviously, she sits her bags down, comes up behind Jerry, covers uh, both of his eyes, does guess the who? guess who <laughs> thing, and. And then uh, they uh, they grab hands. They don't hug at all or shake. They grab their hands and, and like what like bear that? claws. That's exactly. I love that look that he gives to. He's like, what's he, this? He, and he's like, I don't know. I don't G- know what this. Yeah, George is like, I don't know what's going yeah. on. This and, we didn't and, talk about that. This yeah. is in the manual or whatever. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. As as they're leaving the airport, George yeah. is so confused. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, that was an interesting greeting, no- don't you think, George? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they can't. They can't. But that that's like so. That's like the part. That's the Seinfeld that I recognize. That whole interaction right there, talking about the hugs. Something unexpected happens, and they don't know how to how to describe it. You know. So okay, um, I, I think we kind of skipped over this, but uh, whenever uh, she, call, whenever Laura called Jerry to see if she could stay, yeah, we skipped. I think we skipped over uh, that he got an extra mattress. Yes, for yeah, his apartment, right. and Kramer has one of like a super cringy line. At least that in 2018, uh-huh. it's really cringy. Uh-huh. He says. Why even give her an option? Yeah, yeah. Like, ah! <laughs> oh my, y- you can't, no, yeah, yeah. that would not 
You know why what, right now? You know what that just reminded me of the uh, <laughs> the implications conversation uh, from Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like, you know, you're out on a boat with all the ladies, and of course they're going to sleep with you because of the implications. Like, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> like oh my god. That's essentially the Seinfeld version of because of the you know, there's not an extra mattress, so she's going to sleep with you because of the implication. Yeah. What do you mean the implication? Like, well, you know, there's yeah. no other like, place. It, to, it, you're not going to do yeah, anything Kr- to this woman, are you? <laughs> Kramer's essentially saying, oh well, if you force her yeah, to yeah, sleep yeah. in the same bed with you, she's obviously going to have sex with yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. And, like, and you're oh doing her a favor, God. like she owes you something for the oh. favor. That's implied here, oh, too. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the kind of thing that I almost really didn't pick up on that I hope is our bread and butter right there that sticks out to you because... <laughs> You know, you were brought up with different sense, different cultural sensibilities than I than I was. You know what I mean? And so that's very funny. Why even give her an option? But Jerry's comeback is great to that. So he was woke at that point, saying it's not. This isn't spring break in Fort Lauderdale or something like. He says something like that, right? You know what I mean? As a response to that, why give her an option? This isn't spring break. Oh, that's true. Yeah. yeah so yeah. he's a little bit woke there. He knows that it was a messed up thing to say. You know, but it was. It's still the fact that it was kind of funny at the time. Still. It makes you cringe a little mm, bit. Exactly. Know? Yeah, yeah. So, I, I mean, before we get back to Jerry's apartment with yeah. Laura, we have another stand-up yes. scene talking about the great material of <clears throat> cotton balls. Oh, yeah, ladies. <laughs> I feel like this is... He kind of brought me around on it because it, it was the it was the quantity of the cotton balls that... You know, because I'm like, what do you mean? And maybe it's like, I don't know, I'm married now, but maybe at the time, certainly as an, as an eight-year-old boy watching this, if I had watched it at the time, I wouldn't. I would have thought it was funny. But, I mean, they, they're cleaning their face and taking their makeup off, right? Yeah. I feel like it's an easy answer to, like, I feel like he's playing stupid. One of the cotton balls. You know, some of his stuff is, is very smart, yeah. but this is also, like... Also, there's not a lot of surface area to a cotton ball. Yeah. How, how is that an effective tool for cleaning or, or removing makeup or anything? Yeah, I agree you, with that. You take one swipe... Yeah, and, and it's, it's done. Yeah. yeah, so I agree. There was there was other ways to go with it that he didn't touch on. Like, but he brought me around with like, there's always a giant bag of cotton balls, and it's gone. And I've never needed a cotton ball for you know. <laughs> like, okay, yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he he cool brought observation, me, Jerry. It got a little bit better, but you're right. It was there. There was maybe something lacking to it, and I feel like it's so easily answered. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I felt like it was kind of playing dumb. Like, you know, you know why there's cotton balls. Yeah, exactly. I, I feel like you know maybe that's explaining a joke and making it not funny. And it's like, hey, but, but, but pretend I don't. You know, it's like, well, I can't because yeah. we all do. Like one of the rules of improv is like always be working at the top of your intelligence. Don't don't play dumb because the, the audience can tell. And so I felt like that was kind of yeah. playing dumb there. Well, but who are we to critique Jerry, the great Jerry Seinfeld? Exactly. You know? uh, Even so, though that's what we're going to do constantly. <laughs> obviously. Constantly. Uh, so we get back to Jerry's apartment. Uh, Laura is there. Yeah. She's getting comfortable on the couch. She, she undoes a she, button. She, undo- she undoes the top button. Yeah. She asks, hey, can I turn this lamp down? It's yeah. just really bright. And, oh, can I get you anything? What does he say? Like, it's the super bachelor contents of a fridge. It's like, can I get you some water, some bread? Yeah, uh, bread and water, I think. Oh, yeah, water, a- bread, salad dressing? Yeah, salad dressing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, she, she asks for wine. For which, wine, and he which opens he, some wine. Which he does have a bottle of wine. Yeah. And two wine glasses. Yeah. So I'll, I'll the, give him credit on that. This was good. Yeah. yeah. Um, And then phone rings. I don't know if it's 1 a.m. again. Right, not, yeah. But phone rings. It's a phone call for Laura, mm-hmm. and to Jerry's surprise, hands over hands over the phone. It's Laura's fiance. Yeah, she's engaged. Like, oh, yeah. don't get engaged. Which I feel like is yeah. an interesting, um, a, a, an interesting uh, foreshadowing. By the way, just I don't want to spoil anything, but it's you know that, it's going to come back up later. Um, so I thought that was a very quick resolution. The show's basically over after that. There's no yeah. There's no falling action. It kind of 
came out of nowhere. Yeah. Like, at this point, I paused the episode. I'm like, oh, okay, there's got to be, like, ten minutes left, right? There's going to be a bit where... Uh, she or he like, tells George what happened. Yeah, two where, days later. Yeah, where he where either he tells George what happened, or, or how about they're on that boat trip, or that, they're on the boat trip. Yeah, yeah. Or she's not engaged anymore, and is just like an ex that likes checking up on her. That she was flying into New yeah. York, and like they, they they're still friends or something. But no, it wasn't none of that. It was too quick of a resolution. It was almost like a, a Seinfeldian punchline where it's like, here's the setup, and the joke is over. Yeah, yeah. The, the it builds and builds yeah, and yeah, builds yeah. and builds and builds and. It's over. There was no fall. There was no falling action. I mean, there was no. there. There needed to be a little. How about over the credits? It's Jerry miserable sitting on that stupid boat baking in the sun. She's like enjoying all the sights, and he's like just. <laughs> I think that would have been a great little post credit. Run the credits over that. You know what yeah. I mean? Instead, it's him doing. It, it's just a, a, a still. still shot yeah. of him doing stand up. Yeah, yeah. Which makes sense thinking back that this was just a special. Yeah. At the time, right, right, and it wasn't building. To their knowledge, it wasn't building. This was going to be the end of it. Yeah, yeah. This was the end of it. Yeah. It was just a one-off, one episode, or one-off, one special. I guess I should say. And they weren't trying to build characters. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they they were and they weren't. They weren't putting too much work into it. Exactly. They were like, if this is it, we've got you know. You can see the ground. You know, you could write a character description of each of these people for right now, and it probably would have held pretty true for when the thing actually got picked up. Yeah. And last thing that we see is another stand-up scene, but one thing that stuck out to me here, Jerry is wearing the same clothes as he was the previous stand-up scene. Oh. Like, is this, is this the same night that he was with Laura? Think, oh. The, the, the Wait, only... you mean he's wearing the clothes in his apartment with Laura and then on stage? Uh, I think... So, because he had like the the maroon, yeah. red, red maroon right. shirt. He had the dress pants, but he was all wearing he did was the, throw a jacket on. Yeah, all he did was throw that blazer on, yeah. that extra large blazer where he's a size medium. <laughs> uh, but he was wearing the same stuff, that red shirt and the dress pants for his previous stand up. I actually kind of like that because it really fits into their mission statement for the show is where does a comedian get there? So the fact that he was on stage that night talking about how tough dating is or whatever. Yeah. I like the I, fact I mean, that he was on stage that night working that material from the day into the show. I've never noticed I've never noticed his wardrobe like that before, but I hope that's the case. That's true, but it just makes me think, what time is all of this taking place? Well, in New York City, like, just having listening for, to like stand-ups on on podcasts and stuff like that, they'll go on sometimes at midnight, one in the morning at true, you know the Comic like, Strip Live or the Cellar or something. True, but like if I'm flying into New York City, I've only been to New York City a, a handful of times. Yeah. I'm not like winding down, trying to relax, yeah. like in a hotel room or something until midnight or one a.m. Right, right. If Jerry is going to a club after all of this has happened, I can't imagine it's any earlier than like two thirty or three a.m. That's a good point. Yeah, it could be, but yeah, I don't know when she got in. It was, she's from Lansing, Michigan. That's an hour ahead. Uh-huh. Uh, so she's going to be jet lagged. It's going to be later there. Uh, well, no, she's not going to be jet lagged. It's going to be earlier for her. So she might have stayed up. But then he might have said, like, oh, I already had this set scheduled. You know, when you, you know when you have to go true. on. So That's true. Do you want to come with me or do you, know, you want to stay here and get some sleep? You want to get some sleep? You got to get up for that seminar tomorrow morning, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, and that five hour boat ride <laughs> around yeah. Manhattan. So maybe, you know, I mean, but I love that idea that. Everything that happened in the show, he's on stage talking about that night. I think that's a very cool idea that I've never even noticed before. I never connected the show, like the stand-up bits, with the show. I always thought they were having in two totally different times. Maybe like even 
him he's doing stand up in some sort of red lodge like in Twin Peaks like time doesn't exist he just walks into this room and like it's his inner monologue or you know it's like you you could look at it existentially like that mm-hmm. like this is it's not really a club it's just it's just meant to look like a club or something like that we, I mean we find out a little bit later on I think it is actually supposed to be a, a definite club but um, I've never noticed that and, and I love that about it actually that he's wearing the same thing I think that's so cool yeah I mean and that's it that's, yeah. that's the end of let me the first ask you episode this. she's definitely going to sleep with Jerry Seinfeld though right I don't know there's not only is she staying with him for two nights She's getting herself good and drunk. She's telling her fiancé there's nothing to worry about. But the, what really stuck out to me, here's what I think is the most damning evidence about the whole thing, is she called him at 1 a.m., which would be midnight, Lansing, Michigan time, as far as I know. Mm-hmm. And that is, as a stand-up comic, that is when he's awake. You know, he sleeps during the day, he goes, he works at night, and then he gets back to watch the Mets game on tape at, at 1 a.m. So that's <laughs> when she knew to call him. But also, if your fiancé is getting up at midnight and calling strange men who who they met this is like, and had a great time with this is like a, a hinder situation ago. you literally go to the next room and you call the the, the yeah. person you're trying to get freaky with while your guy is asleep in the yeah. other room it's a very lips of <laughs> very much lips of an angel situation i think she has all intentions and she's talking about how tough it is to get engaged and how you know it, i think she wants one last fling and i think it's with jerry seinfeld that might be it who yeah. knows i mean they're never going to meet again he's never you know he might be in lansing michigan again but i don't, I don't think they don't lansing, have to michigan run into has a, a very booming stand-up scene yeah they don't have to run into each other again he's going to stay in new york she's going to stay in lansing and get married i think that 1 a.m phone call was very damning like why would you know yeah why wouldn't she just call and leave a message on on his answering machine call me back at this time or whatever it's very very strange yeah the other thing that stuck out to me that i do want to mention as uh foreshadowing george tells jerry seinfeld to do the opposite of his instincts i don't know if you noticed that line oh at yeah all. i did pick up on that that's a bit of interesting foreshadowing that, that i never picked that up that comes on back in the series that comes back in the series okay. i don't know how long ago but i'm gonna hope to, to look at my notes again and see mm-hmm. where how far removed we are to see maybe they went back and watched the pilot and said oh here's some stuff we can do that we sort of alluded to you know in True, later yeah. episodes maybe we get george to do this maybe we get kramer to do that so yeah. uh yeah that's all i have as well for this episode I guess that's it. You can always, if you notice something about this episode that you want us to talk about, you can tweet at the show at no hugging, at no hugging. Tweet at us. Um, and if email is more your thing, if you're like, say, more my age, uh, you get where no hugging, no learning show at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, s- send us send us something, whether it's questions, concerns, fan mail, hate mail. Yeah, yeah. What do you think uh, so far? And if there's something that stuck out to you, if you're going to watch the show along with us, the next episode aired May 31st, 1990. How old were you, Ted? May 31st, 1990. Yeah. Negative two and a half years old. Negative two and a half. And I was, I, so I had just turned, I was still eight. I was still eight. I was about to turn nine uh, later that year. So, And it's called The Stakeout. And if you were looking <laughs> up a uh, TV guide to see if you wanted to watch this new show that you seem to remember something about last year. <laughs> yeah, you, you remember it from 11 <laughs> yeah, months ago. Yeah. And you're like, Seinfeld's on again? I thought we had yeah. that. Uh, what, what would you have, uh, what would have hopefully piqued your interest? <laughs> Season one, episode two, The Stakeout. Jerry Woo's an ex-girlfriend's friend. Oh, well, that's the dilemma for the ages. Can you date your ex's friends and so forth? I can't wait to see how they tackle this. I don't remember much about what happens in this episode, except that I think the stakeout happens outside of a building where somebody works. And we get introduced to, um, so I think George's aspirations come up in this episode. And we learn about um, just how good the group gets at lying, how how good the group is at lying to avoid 
um, social slip-ups, mm-hmm. I guess. All right. All right. That's it. I think that's yeah. it. Yeah. Thanks for listening to No Hugging, No Learning. No Hugging, No Learning.